0: Welcome to the JDS Podcast, a place to discuss happenings and exciting topics in our school community.
1: Welcome everyone to this edition of the podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about our student learning conferences. And I'm here today with uh, David Carrington and Lenore Lehman and Eileen Goldstein. I'm going to ask all of you uh, when you first speak to introduce yourselves and what you do at the school and also how long you've been at JDS. This issue of student learning conferences is really exciting for me, and it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. I know you have all been investing a lot of time and thought in in student learning conferences, and when I think about student learning conferences, I I think about where does it fit into the overall educational philosophy and landscape at at JDS, and I think a lot to two areas. One area is our portrait of a CES-JDS graduate, and I I think about, um, particularly about being an effective communicator and being a thoughtful and reflective collaborator and there are some unique areas that we think within the portrait of um, being able to self-reflect to analyze to uh, have a growth mindset to to learn from the way that we're learning ourselves and I find this to be such an essential soft skill but something that we really need to foster as as educators and then I also reflect you know in the bigger picture of, of where student learning conferences and the skills students are learning and the kinds of opportunities that all of you have been thinking about giving our students how that benefits them both with the rest of their learning at JDS and then when they leave JDS, and and I think they have a skill which is, is really, really important. There's a, a, a well-known book uh, that Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot uh, wrote called The Essential Conversation, and it's really about parent and teacher relationships and conversations, but there she talks a lot about students and student learning conferences. She wrote this book about 20 years ago, so it was really, I think, at the cutting edge at the time. One of the things she talks about is really that students who have portfolios or work are able to have what what she calls truths that the hand can touch. And so when I think also about student learning conferences, I think about how students are learning to understand their own truths, right, and understanding how they learn best, where they need to grow, and what are the challenges. So we're going to start, and, and i love, I'm going to start with Lenore a little bit, but we can all jump in a little bit. What are student led learning conferences and, and maybe share a little bit about them?
0: So, I'm so delighted to be a part of this podcast this morning. I'll start by introducing myself. My name is Lenore Lehman, I direct our Educational Support Services Department at JDS. This is my 14th year, I believe, working at the school, and I'm also the proud parent of four graduates of the school. So uh, this is our second year in the lower school that we will be having student-led learning conferences. And what are they? They are conferences that are led by the students where they're meeting together with their team of teachers and parents. And it's an opportunity for the students to talk about their growth over the course of the year, to reflect on their progress, to celebrate their achievements, and also to identify areas that they're hoping to grow in. So that, that's, what, that's a summary of what student-led learning conferences are.
1: Great. And David and Eileen, anything that you want to add in terms of middle and high school?
2: Sure. I'm David Carrington. I teach middle school English. This is my second year at JDS, and I'm really excited to be here in the community and also here in this conversation. I come from a school in San Antonio where we did student learning conferences and it was a great way for students to be active participants in their learning. They weren't passive, they were engaged in the learning process and thinking about who they were as learners, thinkers and always setting goals to try to improve themselves and make themselves more effective in the, in the learning environment. When I came here last year, I was, like I said, I was excited to be a part of the community And it was interesting to have conferences with parents where I got to have conversations about students, but I wasn't having those conversations with students. It was always sort of secondhand information where I'd have a conversation with a parent, and now I'm going to relay that to the student. Or the parent would have a conversation with me, and then they relayed that to the student. And this year I've loved being a part of the process to have student-led conferences be realized at the school because now the students are involved in these conversations and they're getting to take center stage and thinking about who they are and how they can continue to do better. And especially as an English teacher I love the opportunity to think about how language is involved in all this. We're giving students language to talk about themselves and their progress. We're also giving the community the opportunity to think about what language are we using around the skills, the soft skills, and also the, the developmental skills to help students across departments, across divisions and uh, yeah, I'm really
3: excited to be a part of it. I'm Eileen Goldstein. I am a proud alum of the class of 96, and in my 20th year working at the school, I also have a child who just started at the school, so sort of seeing this from all angles is super exciting. I think the other piece for me is that we've done We've done a lot of reading and discussion over the past year with Michelle Borba's book about thriving, right? And what does it mean for students and especially adolescents, if we're talking middle and high school, to thrive? And it's about the empowerment and the ability to to self-advocate and put themselves in the center and to really work on these seven core skills that she talks about, including resilience and including the idea to self-advocate that we're really saying we've been talking about for years is core to who we are, part of the portrait, and here we have this opportunity to actually say we're putting it in action everywhere we can, not just in the school day, but also as we talk meta with the students about their learning process. And I think that's been a really exciting journey for the students and for the families, and it's definitely been a journey. Um, And we're excited to shift this program into the high school next year as well.
1: Right. So, uh, and we started to talk a little bit about the why behind what yeah. we're doing, and I, I want to go a little bit deeper in, into that. As you think about the why, and I'm going to ask you why are we doing this, and why do we think it's so important beyond the things that you've shared, how do you see this as different than the traditional conferences that we've had, parent-teacher conferences, and also share a little bit of some of the questions that families are asking us uh, about this new student-led learning conferences? So
0: I can jump in. Um, they say certainly are a very different format, especially in the lower school. And I think that there were a lot of parents who were pretty skeptical last year about why we would shift to this format, especially for our young students, our kindergarten students, first and second graders, and we certainly received questions about how students would have any information to share about their own learning. It was really quite amazing last year to have so many teachers and parents come to us the day of the conferences, at the conclusion of their conferences, to share how amazed they were to hear their young children really be so empowered and to share in a lot of detail about their their learning and goals that, of um, things that they had learned in terms of both soft skills as you Mm -hmm. shared work habits as well as academic growth in so many areas and for our young students to really have the opportunity to show off like for example in kindergarten and first grade in terms of their reading and writing and what their skills looked like at the beginning of the year and then how proudly they could compare that themselves in their own words to their parents in the conference. It was just such a source of pride. It's a lot of crying in a number of the conferences, not from the kids, (laughs) (laughs) but from um, parents and some of the teachers as well because it was quite an emotional experience and um, really just so exciting.
3: I think in the in the middle school, one of the things that introducing this has done is really shifted the conversation in such a healthy way around, away from a focus on grades. Why does my child have a B? Why did they get X or Y to the learning itself and to where they are in the process? What are the skills that they are excelling in? Where are they struggling? One of the things um, that we encourage students and their teachers to focus on in the conferences is where did you find challenge and how did you overcome that challenge? What are some of the tools you're starting to play with? What's worked? What hasn't worked? So it's really about embracing the learning process and focusing a little bit less on the outcome, which is a constantly changing target, to how how am I moving through this process and where am I finding success, what's working for me? Um, And finding that it's also helping students after the conferences, as we've moved more through the year, to initiate those self-advocacy conversations with the teacher, Um, and so that the parent is taking a bit of a step back, um, which is really great, and the student is owning their learning more and more, and we're seeing that, and David can talk about it in his own experience, but we're really seeing that in the classes where students are able to vocalize what was working for them and what wasn't and it's not it's not about the number on the paper. It's not about the letter on the paper. It's really about this skill is challenging for me. I think I got it here. What can I do to take this piece forward?
1: Right. And I see that as sort of a deepening of the communication with families in terms of a substantive qualitative type of conversation, moving away from the quantitative of of the grade and and, and that. And also it fits so nicely into something that's a a very big goal of the school, which is empowering students, making sure that students have their voices and they're heard and they are part of the, the learning process. So David, anything else you want to add?
2: Yes, I've seen a lot of students take a lot more ownership of their learning. I've seen an increase since that first set of conferences and students who come to me during AFB, who come to see me when I'm on lunch duty or recess duty, to come talk to me about, hey, Mr. Carrington, I'm working on this essay, how can I do this part better? Or, I was reading the chapter last night and I didn't quite get this. And so they're thinking forward to, how can I be the most effective learner I can be, rather than, how can I get the grade? that I want to get or how can I get the grade that my parents want me to get. It's a lot more about the process and they're thinking forward to how can I achieve the the goals that that I've already set for myself. And they're not just doing that in my class, they're doing that in all of their classes. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other exciting things that we've done for conferences is after they've done their two days worth of conferences, they come back in MCI and they spend time with their MCI group thinking about patterns and trends. So they're not just thinking about how am I doing in class A how am I doing in class B, how am I doing in class C, they're thinking about how am I doing in all my classes and can I notice patterns in my work or in my preparation that I can improve that would help across the board.
1: Right. So I know that we have some listeners who have just lower school children or or high school students, so maybe David just share what AFB and MCI Mm. are. Sure,
2: sure, I'm using these. uh, these Internal type, yeah. Right. Um, So AFB stands for (coughs) Academic Flex Block, it's a 40-minute time period that students have four times a week Monday through Thursday where they have uh, they often have the opportunity to meet with teachers all the teachers are free during that time so students can go check-in and get help on an essay or get help on a math formula or prepare more thoroughly for the climate summit and it's a great time to meet one-on-one with students or to meet in small groups with students and answer specific questions the MCI stands for morning check-in and it's a time in the morning where students uh, regularly meet in small groups with one teacher and the teacher sometimes has a fun activity or some announcements to make to prepare them for an interesting schedule or an interesting activity that we've got and we've worked with the folks who coordinate MCI to make sure that students are fully prepared for conferences and that they're getting ready for all these exciting right. things we've been talking
1: about. And I love to see the synergies between when we work in one area towards a big picture goal, maybe that we have as part of our portrait, our meta goals for students when they leave JDS and how that affects all the different components of the program. I, I want to shift a little bit and, and I know and I really want to thank the three of you in addition to conceptualizing what this looks like and thinking really deeply with students about how this works how are we preparing faculty and and students to to implement this because there's a lot of work behind the scenes which is part of the learning process and we actually think that it's really extremely valuable but it doesn't just happen that Parents come to uh, student-led learning conferences and, wow, I see how articulate my child is. What's sort of the work that's done behind the scenes here, both with faculty and with students?
3: I think it's been such an interesting process this year. In the middle school, we started in August as the year kicked off. Talking about conferences, it's really been a full-year process. And the initial conversations were less about the what and the how and much more about what are the things we want students reflecting on? What are the core skills that we are teaching? And it was such a great professional development opportunity for faculty to sit in their teaching teams and to reflect on what's really at the core. What's at the core of a middle school education, the core skills we want every middle school student to be working on across the board, and what's, what's at the core of my curriculum? right, whether it is teaching algebra or it's teaching Hebrew beginners or it's, right, what are those core skills? And the teaching teams really have to get at the essence of the curriculum to put that in place, which was a fascinating conversation that spun off in many ways far beyond this one and has been super interesting for curriculum. In terms of the conferences, there's also been a lot of work of how do we we put the student voice at the center? still make sure that it is an accurate voice in terms of what's really going on. That's a That was a big question teachers had coming in and that parents have, um, and I'm sure you've seen that in the lower school too of, well, how do we know that what my student is reflecting is actually accurate, that they're right about where their strengths are, they're right about where their challenges are. So we've done a lot of work around how do we coach students in that conversation while putting them at the center and still having it in conversation with the teacher in the room or with the parent when we're in that that learning conference? So it's been... A journey along those ways, there's been a lot of feedback back and forth. Many teachers have come forward either to David or to me for coaching conversations, right, of saying, okay, I think I've got it or I'm really nervous about this or I don't know that this piece will work for me, which led us even the night before to generate an FAQ for teachers to have at the ready in the moment. So it's been a great learning process, I think, for us also. But the professional development around this of really taking – the student at the center concept that is the JDS education and bringing it to life has been really, really fascinating.
0: In the lower school, you know, as I hear you talk, I Eileen, mean, there's so many similarities yeah. in terms of conversations and preparation yeah. and involving um, grade-level teachers in um, really helping to define so much of this. So, we started in the lower school in the summer of 2021 with a, a group of faculty who met regularly throughout the summer to start to vision together and to plan. We've also done a lot of professional development as well. And, you know, one thing that I'll just highlight in terms of that is this past August during our professional development week. We also had teams of teachers sitting together to come up with work habits for each grade, which are some examples of work habits are some executive function skills, self-advocacy skills, problem-solving skills, different things like that that are developmentally appropriate for each grade. And that those work habits are a big piece of what students have been discussing in their classes from the very beginning of the year and we have reflection Fridays once a month where students in each grade are reflecting on their work habits again in a developmentally appropriate way and there's actually been carryover to some modifications made in the work habit section of the lower school report cards this year tied into student-led learning conferences and the preparation for the conferences don't just take place you know two weeks before the conference but they've been just the The preparation is really part of our curriculum now and part of our classrooms and starts in the beginning of the school year. All students in our school have a student-led learning conference binder, and they're putting work samples that they've reflected on in the binder as well as their work habit reflections. It's definitely been a process that that continues to grow and develop.
2: That's great. We've seen a lot of the same things where the language and the practice of the conferences has been infused in a positive way into a lot of aspects of the school. I've talked to teachers who have used the same language of the general skills in their rubrics that they give out in assignments, in the class rules and expectations that they set at the beginning of the year and reinforce at the beginning of the new semester. So teachers are figuring out ways of taking these concepts and applying them across the board.
3: I think the other thing that parallels is that our students are doing that reflective work. Right, you have Reflection Fridays, up here we have a number of dates on the calendar where we say this is a target date. Students should have been engaged in this reflection piece and their reflection forms, and it's an iterative process. We're in the process of revising already for second semester now that we've been through round one what it looks like but this reflection work is is part and parcel and we're hearing more and more of teachers who are weaving some of these reflection questions into other work in the class whether it's an exit ticket or it's part of you know a final question on an assessment that they're giving or in itself it's the own assignment but the idea that they're constantly weaving this in and giving feedback to us so that we can revise and revamp and better the process and we've learned so much and it's only been a few months it's really amazing
1: right and just listening to all of this, I'm reflecting back on the, the portrait of a graduate, and you know, one of the, the big picture goals that we have is to be an independent, creative, and critical thinker. And there are so many places in the school where we teach this, and this is just one other place, and particularly with the emphasis on the independent nature of really being able to think for myself and understand how I think right which is really great so we need to sort of begin to wrap up but I have one final question and it's really about at this point you know if we sort of think uh formatively about where we are and how far we've come what has been some of the feedback we've we've gotten about the student-led learning conferences from students from parents from from teachers and how do we feel that it's going right now this is something new to our school
2: Sure. After our middle school set of conferences, I Eileen mean, and I sent out a feedback survey to the community, which involved students, parents, and educators. We got 131 responses, which is great, lots of feedback, and I think the biggest pattern that we saw was time. People, are, are, people care about time and how much time things take. Time in terms of all the forms that students were doing in preparation, how much time the conferences take. There are these eight-minute conferences, so we've got to make them worth their, uh, we got to make every second worth it. And also thinking about when we're doing these things in class, what sorts of things are we not getting the opportunity to do when we, when we carve out those moments. So we've been thinking about how to make this whole process more efficient and streamlined. We've changed the number of prep forms that the students need to do. We put all those on a single document so that students can find all their information that they've been reflecting on quickly. We've simplified the language of the form so that it's middle school appropriate. And we've done as much as we can to give all these tools to teachers so they can use them in the ways that are appropriate for their specific class. So, yeah, a big big push for
3: I also think um, one of the other things that was really gratifying was the number of teachers, right? And some who are brand new educators and some who are educators for 30 plus years who came forward and said, This was the most amazing thing I've ever seen my students do, and that they were skeptical at the start. And we heard the same thing from many of our parents. At the same time, we still have work to do. There are still people who, who are skeptical and have concerns about it. How do I have that conversation with the teacher? So there's still work for us to do. But it was really amazing to see when they went through it, how many people came back and said, wow. I never understood that our students could do this level of thinking and work at this young age. And it was powerful. Really powerful.
0: Yeah, I definitely will, will echo that from our experience last year. Many teachers, I would say the majority of teachers, were probably skeptical and nervous. Really nervous about how to take a back seat the day of the conference and what that was going to look like. And I remember I was sitting at a greeting table in the lower school in the front hallway directing parents. Where to go with their well, their kids knew where to go, but directing their parents at times and and teachers just kept coming out and and, and just saying Lenore, I wish you had been in there. It was just so amazing to hear Avi or you know Sue you know talk about themselves in this way. Really, really exciting.
1: This has been a wonderful conversation, and David, Lenore, and Eileen, thank you for joining me. I am leaving wanting more, wanting to know more, and I know that this is just the beginning of this process and we have a lot more to learn, but it's, it is really, really exciting to see how we're fostering these kinds of self-reflective thinking skills for our students and doing that really thoughtfully and then incorporating feedback from families and students and, and faculty, so thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School. Stay tuned for our next episode.